Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. We have a super special guest today. We have Erica James, who is a founder of Avalon Sunshine, and she has a personalized cake chopper business that moms and kids and adults, to be honest with you, can add to their birthday cake and make it a super special moment. And she empowers moms to make sweet birthday memories without the overwhelm of a big budget party. So Erica has had her business for over nine years, which I would say in the product biz e-com space is, is a long time. So she is a rock star. And the cool thing about her and her story and all that is that she's actually been profitable every single year and she's grown her revenue every single year. And for her, that's her definition of success. And I am obsessed with that because I talk a lot about on the podcast and pretty much any other platform that I talk on is these people coming on, you know, YouTube and Instagram and being like, I can teach you how to make six figures in one day, just buy my course for $5.97. And, you know, it's just a bunch of crap because you can't teach someone to make a ton of money overnight. It just doesn't work like that. And while there are these unicorn random stories of people who who, you know, have had no money in the bank and they've turned their scrunchie business into, you know, an eight-figure empire and blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, there is the occasional story of someone who does do something like that. But for the most part, we're fucking struggling here. We're all struggling to figure out what to do to grow our business. And I love that. I mean, what we're going to talk about in this episode is you know, some of the things that she's done to grow her business and be profitable from day one and grow her revenue every year without feeling stress and overwhelm, because I know so many people are feeling that constantly, even myself. So I walked away from this recording just feeling really inspired and just really excited to share some of these awesome tips with you. And Erica has been in a couple of my programs now for about a year and a half, and I've gotten to know her and her brand, and she's just amazing. And I'm so proud of her. I have to just start the episode off. And her cake choppers are amazing. I have purchased, I think, four at this point. I bought a grizzly bear cake chopper for my birthday this year, a polar bear the year before. I've gotten one for my son, and I've gotten one for my dog. So I'm obsessed with her products. And you're going to love this episode, how to grow your business without feeling the weight of overwhelm and stress like so many of us feel with our business. So grab a coffee, grab an espresso perhaps today, and let's dive into it. Welcome to the podcast, Erica. I am so happy to have you here. So excited. Hi, Carrie. I'm happy to be here. 
Yay. So before we dive into all things that we're going to talk about, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell everyone about your business and what products you sell? Yes. So my name is Erica and I'm the owner and maker at Avalon Sunshine. I make uh, personalized cake toppers for kids' birthdays mostly. Um, my target customer is the mom who is trying to keep things a little bit on the simpler side and either have a homemade cake or a grocery store cake, but make it look a little bit special. Um, that's the customer that I'm serving more than the mom who does the over-the-top Pinterest parties, make it look perfect for Instagram. I'm, I'm looking to the mom who wants to keep things a little bit more simple. I love it so much. And for anyone listening, I have probably talked about Erica's cake toppers. I don't even know. I feel like there's been so many times where I have shown a video of your cake toppers because I've bought two of them. I bought your polar bear last year. I bought your brown grizzly bear this year. I bought one for my son last year. I think it was like the Nerf the Nerf one. And then I got my dog a cake topper with just her name last year. And that was the cutest thing I have ever seen in my whole life. I put it on a piece of steak and I gave it to her and it was yes, so I cute. It, I loved it. It was so cute. Um, so I'm, you know, definitely a huge fan. I would say a hundred percent customer super fan of your brand. And I just think it's the cutest thing ever. And I, for me, you know, I love, celebrations. I love like pretty setups and like, you know, dinner party. And even though I don't actually do dinner parties, but if I was going to, um, like dinner parties with like really cool setups and flowers. So I love all that kind of stuff. And I really like this idea of making a birthday celebration a little bit more special. And it doesn't mean you have to do the Pinterest mom crap, but even a simple cake, that you make and put a little pretty cake topper with like your favorite animal or whatever it is, it just makes it really fun. And so for me, your products have brought a lot of happiness to me, which is kind of funny because I'm not a kid, but I do love your stuff so much. And I think for anyone listening, definitely follow Erica and check out her cake toppers. They are so freaking cute and Thank I'm you, obsessed. Carrie, that so. means everything to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And you probably already know if you listen, I feel like when I like something, I, I'm i like all in or I'm nothing. I either don't care about your product or I am grossly, annoyingly obsessed with it. So you definitely fall under the grossly annoying obsessed. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. So talk about your business. Like what, what, what's the story? When did you start? What's the deal? So I started my business nine years ago. Um, it was never my plan to be an entrepreneur or have a handmade business. Um, I was working a corporate job that I didn't hate, but the hours and the stress were more than I could handle. I had two young kids at home. They, my boys were three and five at the time, and I would work office hours. I would um, pick them up from daycare, have dinner, get them to bed, and then do work again from like maybe eight to 11 o'clock every night. Like I just couldn't keep up with the hours. And even when I was with the kids, like for that time between um, daycare and bed, it's like my mind was half gone thinking about work stress. And like, I couldn't get through a t-ball game without getting a phone call from work. And it was just so much that I had to like take a deep look inside, like, okay, if this isn't what you want, then you have to make a change. So I had one of those, um, 
moments where I was sitting in my car in the parking lot before work one day and I just had a big old sob fest, like couldn't bring myself to even walk in the doors and face another day. So I, I was like, okay, that's Aww. it. Like I'm, I'm quitting. I don't know what I'm doing next, but I just need to take a minute and breathe. So left my job. And I mean, I have always loved crafts of all kinds. Like I, have done paper crafting and scrapbooking and crocheting and sewing and just like a little bit of everything. I love it all. So people have always told me like, oh, you should sell your stuff. And so when I was taking this little break after corporate life, um, I was kind of crafting as part of my my therapy of just, you know, getting back into knowing how to enjoy life. And I was like, okay, let me just try putting some of these things on Etsy, like real quietly, just sort of opened up a shop. And I was selling all kinds of different things, just like a little of this and a little of that. And I started getting a few orders here and there. And then um, I made a cake topper for... Um, was my sister's birthday actually. And I decided to put that on Etsy and I started selling some of those. And then over time, I just sort of realized like, okay, this is what people want to buy. And I feel good about this. This is my lane and I'm going to stick to it. So the cake topper started because I have always loved to bake, but I don't like the decorating part of it. So I had taken like years and years before this, I had taken some Wilton decorating classes and I just realized like, no, I don't like this. I don't like filling piping bags. I don't like the time and the patience that it takes to decorate. So I'm left with being the baker for all of my family parties because I love to bake, but I don't like spending the time doing the decorating and I don't have that skill. So I still want them to look cute. And so I made this cake topper just on a whim to put on a cake. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. So um, that's kind of how it, it came about in, into being my business is I needed this in my real life. I kind of tiptoed onto Etsy with it and other people liked it. And I was like, okay, this is working. Let's lean into it more and more. And as the years have gone by, I've really found my, my place, my angle as like, I'm not trying to do the completely custom cake toppers for people that have very specific um, color requirements and theme requirements and whatever. I'm finding my lane of the simple, um, just like mostly personalized name banners with maybe a cute little extra thing to stick in for a theme. But um, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing. I love it so much. I feel like I have lots of questions, but what, when did you realize that cake toppers were kind of your thing? You mentioned you started selling a lot of products on Etsy. When did you whether it was like looking at your analytics or just getting feedback from customers like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest thing. Um, when did you kind of feel like that was your product and then you kind of went all in in that one product? So it was probably about nine months into my business. I started with wreaths and with cards and I did some oh. baby, baby's burp cloths. Um, I made little crayon oh, wow. helmets for kids. Like I was all over the place. I made little felt <laughs> donut um, play sets for kids. And, um, when the cake top, when I put the cake toppers on, it's like the, the sales of those items just made it so obvious that 
that's what people wanted to buy. The other stuff, like I would sell one here and there, but it was never anything consistent. And then with the cake toppers, I started getting consistent sales. And um, Etsy is very much a platform of momentum. I don't know if you've heard that from other people, but once you start to sell on Etsy, then they move you up in the search results and then you get in front of more people and it makes you more likely to continue to sell those items. So I gained traction on those items. And over time, I just slowly inactivated all the other ones and picked cake toppers as like my only lane. I had a little bit of other like kid stuff and party stuff for a while. And then as I started to get even busier, I'm like, okay, spreading myself across these different categories is not making the best use of my time and cake toppers is what people want. And I love making them. So that's just like my one product line now keeps things very streamlined for me and it works. Yes. I love it so much. And I love that you, I love that you sort of didn't start here because that's a really important thing. People see your business now and they're like, Oh, well, she must've always known that cake toppers were her bestseller, but you didn't, you tried different things you dabbled in all the different things and then looked at your numbers, which again, I know so many of you are not looking at your damn numbers. You have to look at your, you know, not only your analytics, but your revenue numbers and look at where is, what products are bringing in the most amount of money. And oftentimes it is actually a couple things, not the 700 products that you think that you need to have on your online store. So I think that's really important um, because I know a lot of people don't haven't gotten there yet. They have a lot of different things. They're like, I'm the, you know, I'm the brand that we sell things for moms. And it's like, we sell t-shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and candles and 700 things. And then you're not getting traction because you're all over the place. And I think for a customer too, when they go to your website and you are selling all these different things, it's really hard for them to also know what on earth should I buy. So anyway, I think that's really great. I did have like an emotional connection to some of those other items that it was a little bit hard for me to let go of selling them. But when it Mm -hmm. came down to making the decision, I looked at the profit margins of those items. Like how long does it take Mm -hmm. me to make them? And what am I selling them for? Can I sell them for any more to improve the profit margin. No, I don't think they will sell at that level. And it just made sense once I started looking at the um, the, the cost of what it takes to make these products, it made it a lot easier to let go of those other items that had lower profit margins. Oh, that's so smart. That's such an important point too, because I think sometimes we only look at like one piece of the puzzle, but when it comes down to it, your time is also, time is money. Yeah. So if it takes you a long time to make something and you're not making enough profit, then that's probably the product to get rid of. So anyway, um, so yeah, thank you so much. That's amazing information. And I also think like what I wanna talk about too is like you've been in business for you know almost a decade, which that's a long time. A lot of people, have a business for one year, two years, and they're like, oh, this isn't working. Susan not from Susan from YouTube told me that I'd be a millionaire today, and I'm not, so I'm <laughs> going to quit. Uh, <laughs> so you've been in business for almost a decade, which is huge. And more importantly, you've increased your revenue every single year, and you've been profitable. And that's a really important thing, too, that I want to kind of dissect here, because I know a lot of people 
you're not paying yourself enough, you may be making this amount of money, but when you actually look at your expenses and your shipping costs and your product and all the inventory that you're not selling, you're not actually making a lot of money. And so I would love to kind of dive into that with you because I think that's one, a huge accomplishment. Two, you've had a business, you've stuck it out, you've tried different things over almost a decade and you're also not trying to like, oh, well, Susan's making this much money and I'm not. So my business is a failure. Like, I feel like you've done a good job of not kind of paying, playing into that kind of stuff. So I'd love to kind of dive into some of those things. So talk about, talk about the, how do you feel like you've grown revenue every year? What have you done? What, like, what has been the biggest driver for you? Do you think? I think, um, never, you never want to stop learning and never want to stop trying new things. Um, personally, I have a very low tolerance for risk, especially financial risk. I am not the kind that's going to jump with both feet into an expensive program or a huge investment without knowing first that it's going to work. Like I've tested it out on a small scale first. Um, and everybody has their different style. And some people are like, you know, shoot off like a rocket in this direction and hope that it works. But I, I like to try <laughs> things. I tiptoe in and maybe that's not the way to the fastest growth, but it's the way that works for me. Um, it's been a slow and sustainable growth and it's felt good to me the entire way. I've never in the nine years, I've never felt burnt out. I've never felt like I want to quit. I've never like crawled into a corner crying, like because things aren't working out. I think because I am a wow. cautious person and I, I test things and go slowly, I never feel like I'm in over my head. And I guess I want people, other business owners listening to know that that slow growth is okay too, because we do hear so much about, um, you know, skyrocketing your sales and don't play small and you got to believe and go big. But if that doesn't feel good to you, you can be successful in a slower way. Um, because yeah. I love my business and there's never been a time that I haven't felt good about what I'm doing. Um, I've even thought about how I ended up in the cake toppers. And I remember this one specific, um, coaching call that I was on. And I remember saying like, well, cake toppers are what people are buying, but I don't think I want to be a party brand. Like I, I don't know what my identity is yet. And this coach, um, who wasn't my favorite person, she's like, well, you better figure it out fast because if you're selling cake toppers, you're going to be known as a party brand. And I'm like, okay, so just slowly over time, I figured out like, I do want to sell cake toppers, but I don't want to be like this perfect party brand. It took me a while to figure out like, I want to do cake toppers, but for the moms that do things on a simpler scale, like that's what feels authentic to me. And I think if I had been on this, like you got to go fast and jump in with both feet, I could have been all in on the party brand and ended up building a brand that didn't feel good to me because if I was trying to serve those like aesthetic party moms, 
that would not feel authentic to me. And then I think I would end up hating my brand and like hating my customers and wanting to close my business. But because I was okay with taking my time and doing things slowly and understanding like how I was feeling about things, even if it took me a while to get there, I have built a brand that feels so authentic to me that like, I can't imagine ever not doing this. I love that so much. Okay. A lot to unpack there. Um, okay. What's my first question? I feel like there's like a lot of things in my head. <laughs> so you talked about, because I think what you're saying, you're making it seem really seamless and that's awesome for you. Like, oh, I just don't, I don't um, almost like feel the pressure. You were, you mentioned words like don't stay small and I'm like, oh my God, I totally say some of these things too. So hopefully <laughs> they're not, hopefully I don't sound as cringy as all that sounds. I'm like, oh shit. No. <laughs> um, but I don't say like, oh, don't stay small. You have to like invest $20,000 in my program. Like I'm never that yeah. crazy person, but I know what you're talking about. Um, but you talked about this thing of like, you know, I'm trying to like articulate this in the right way. Kind of like, cause I think so many of us, feel the pressure. I know I do a hundred percent constantly. And I'm trying to work on that for my own business of kind of staying in your lane doing things at a slow and steady, like slow and sustainable pace. That's where I think it's, it's not easy for people to do that. It's definitely not easy. So how do you feel like you've been able to actually not feel the pressure of like, oh my gosh, I need to be making 700 figures tomorrow. And if I'm not, my business is a failure and I'm just going to cry in my car. Like, how do you not do that? You make it seem easy, but I know so many people are like, well, how? So yeah, what's what's the secret? So first off, I want to acknowledge the fact that I do have the luxury of being in a household with another full-time income and health insurance and all that. So I don't have the pressure that some people do, that they absolutely must be bringing in X number of dollars. Otherwise, they won't be able to put food on the table. So I understand that not everybody has the luxury that I do. But um, I think when I look at what is important to me, um, you've got the the family life that I was missing before. And that's why I left my corporate job. And then you've got the freedom, the time freedom of being an entrepreneur. It just makes it really clear that the the family and the time freedom is more important to me than like the, the fast growth. The fact that I've been able to be profitable every year and continue to grow a little bit each year, some years more than others, but I'm still always moving in that right direction. Um, as long as I'm willing to try new things and continue to move my business in the right direction, that's that gives me enough fulfillment, I think, that I feel like I'm in the right place. Yeah. Do you, ha- do you feel like you have good boundaries set with your business and personal life or family life or whatever. Cause I know for me, that's something that I have always majorly, majorly struggled with. Uh, and I know we have this vision of, we start a business because we want that 
freedom and we want flexibility. We want to like not be bogged down by like a nine to five, but then the business takes over and we can't stop thinking about it and we can't stop working on it. I know for me, you know, I've had my businesses now for seven, seven, seven and a half years almost. And I still have really shit boundaries. I mean, they've, they've improved a lot since my first, but my first business, it was like, the business was took over my whole life. Now I'm much better, but still not great. So like, what do you, what's your secret? I feel like you've cracked the code with boundaries and like, (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's, it's not perfect because I do love working. And so I don't, I don't like to stop working. Um, (laughs) A lot of what I do with like physically hand making the products I can do while I'm um, in the family room watching TV with my husband and my kids. And so it's like, I'm, I'm still with them while I'm mindlessly making stuff with my hands. Um, So that part helps, but I do have um, really clear boundaries about um, my kids activities like I won't miss one of their sporting events or anything like that. And I'm always, you know, running and doing pickups here and there. And I definitely um, make time for lunch with friends or with my sister all the time. Like those are kind of my, um, I don't know, I guess my, my hard lines, I'm not going to miss these things. Um, and other mm-hmm. than that, um, when business is picking up enough that I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. I do have um, people that I can go to for um, like helping me with the physical supply preparation. I hired my um, teenage son for a while and then he lost interest. I hired a teenager from the (laughs) neighborhood. Um, She worked for me all summer. And then when I just get, um, real busy. I can be like, Hey, can you give me like five hours this weekend? And for the most part, she's able to do that. And then she'll help me with supply prep and get my head back above water. So, um, I do, I do feel like I've got that fallback to help keep me sane and let me still have my, my free time a little bit. Yes. And that's so important because I know a lot of people, they are afraid to outsource. I know I was with my first business. I did not outsource at all. And that was a huge mistake. And now I definitely um, outsource as much as I can of stuff that I don't like to do or stuff that just isn't fun for me. But I know for a product business, when you actually are making the product, it's a lot of time and like labor intensive. So I think that's awesome that you are outsourcing because I know that when you're if you're feeling overwhelmed and then you're like, oh crap, well, I still have to make... 200 cake toppers, then you can't really get a break. So I love that. And I also love that you have those hard boundaries with like family stuff. Like, okay, I'm not going to miss the game. Um, I'm not going to miss this. I recorded an episode with um, Chastity, who I know that you know, Chastity. She had the brand Nora. I think she still has a brand, Nora Blanc Candles, and then she has her own personal brand. But we talked about that on our podcast episode. And she talked about these like hard debt. Actually, maybe we talked about it after, but I was very impressed by her boundaries. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to learn from you people because I, I have like a hard, I have an easy time saying no to people, but I have a hard time saying no when it's my business stuff. And I know for me, and I'd love to get your perspective on this. I have a really hard time with 
differentiating something that's urgent and not urgent. In my brain, everything, if I want to do, if I'm like, oh my God, I have an idea for a program, I can't not start working on it immediately. It is so urgent in my brain. And then I'm like, okay, I can't leave my desk chair for five hours because I have to work on this. So how do you differentiate like urgent things and things that can be pushed aside later, but then not feel overwhelmed or anxious? Because that's how, that's what I do. So how do you do that or deal with that? Um, so a couple of things just popped into my mind. I have um, my, like my first priority always has to be the orders and the customer service stuff. And then yes. that's always that. the, the first thing that I deal with. And then I kind of have a, a running list. I'm a list maker, spreadsheet person. So I have a running list of, okay, when I don't have immediate orders to work on, these are my priorities. And I like kind of tick through them and, um, you know, I'll rearrange it and, depending on how I'm feeling each day, what kind of creativity, what kind of energy I have, pick something towards the top that feels good for that day. But um, when I start to feel like, oh my gosh, I haven't put out a new blog post in six weeks. And then I'm like, I start to feel anxious about it. But then I'm like, wait a minute, nobody mm. is out there waiting for my blog post. Like this is an <laughs> artificial deadline that I'm putting on myself and nobody cares. So just take a step back. Like It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so um, as long as the customers are getting taken care of, everything else is just kind of a, when I get to it, it's good kind of kind of list. Yeah. Um, the other thing that. as far as urgency and timeframes. Um, so I sell cake toppers mostly for kids' birthday parties. That means they have to arrive at the customer's house by a certain date for a celebration. And so mm -hmm. I get a lot of messages from customers, you know, talking about timing, when are you going to ship? When should it get there? And because I'm talking so frequently with customers about delivery dates. I start to like build up this urgency in my mind for every mm -hmm. single order. And I know that that isn't true. Like some people will plan ahead and they order, you know, a month and a half ahead of time. But in my mind, every order becomes urgent. So <laughs> a, a while back, I don't know, maybe about a year ago, um, I sort of reworked the um, procedures that I have. And my turnaround time that I have posted is um, one to three business days. I will ship your order. So I decided instead of like saying it's one to three order or one to three days and actually going to the post office and shipping orders every day. I'm going to really try and stick to this and people understand like these are my posted days and I'm going to ship only on Tuesdays and on Fridays. And that's well within the timeframes that I've posted. Everybody understands that. And even though yeah. there's a part of me that thinks like, Oh, I really need to get it out faster when I tell <laughs> myself like, no, you're making this up. Like this person may not need me to ship it today. They may have a party in a month and a half. So just reminding myself constantly that unless somebody has expressed an urgency to me about something, there isn't an urgency. Like it, I'm making it up in my head half wow. the time. So since I've done that, it's worked out really well. I, I go to the post office twice a week and um, customers are happy. Like most of them post in their reviews, like, oh, it came so fast. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs>
I love that so much. And I, when you were talking about, you know, I have the set days, Tuesday and Friday, and then you were like, no, I really should get this out earlier. I, I like brought myself back to my old days of Dapper Dog Box when I literally, if an order would come through at like 4 PM and I should have been doing some, probably like watching my damn baby at that point, I'm like, oh, I got to get the order out. And I would like literally scramble and then go to the post office. Like I, when I say I had no boundaries, like no boundaries, no, I had like zero life. It was, it's really pathetic actually to say out loud, but I can admit that to you on my podcast. (laughs) Um, But I think a lot of other people listening, they have a hard time coming up with those boundaries. And so I love that you've set, like you've put systems in place to protect your time, like mental well-being, be able to do other things with your life. But I think that also is sort of the, the way that you've been able to grow your business without feeling that like pressure of hustle or like without feeling that pressure of like, I've never, you said earlier in the episode, like you've never really in the 10 years or almost 10 years that you've had your business, like you haven't had those moments of like, Oh, I've, my business is, I don't, I don't like my business or it's not fun. Or I I forget exactly what you mentioned of basically like you've been happy with your business. And I think a lot of people listening, they don't feel like that. So I think there's a lot of really awesome things here that people can take away from, with setting boundaries, with not feeling the pressure to, you know, like have this crazy growth. And I want to kind of talk about that too, because I think that's a really important thing. When people, people are always watching social media, they're watching their competitors. They're watching the Susans posting. Let's say there's another cake topper business and her name's Susan. Um, Susan is always my go-to. And she's posting like, Oh, go to the post office today with 500 orders or she's like posting a video of I'm I'm thinking of someone in mind she's like always posting videos of shot like Shopify order numbers like 500 orders 1000 orders and she makes it seem like all those orders came today when I don't know if that's actually true it's you can do things creatively that make your business seem bigger than it is, but it's actually very misleading. And you're actually tricking a lot of innocent people who are like, oh my God, Susan got a thousand orders today. I haven't gotten an order in a week. I'm a failure. I'm going to quit. I'm going to cry. I'm upset. So I think there's this really dangerous game of watching competitors on social media, looking at what they're saying and not understanding that they are probably lying. Like they're probably full of shit. Because if you got a thousand orders today, you're probably not posting an Instagram. You're fucking hustling to pack up those damn orders. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it's important to talk about how do you how do you not play that game on social media of comparing to other people and then not letting it bring you down. I think this is such an important thing that so including myself, I have to take my own advice here. So many people struggle with, especially with social media, especially with. Um, just the fact that people can say and post anything that they want and you actually don't know if any of it's real. Yeah. So how do you not play into that game? Well, I mean, I always want more orders and more sales. Like I, I own a business. That's what I want to do. But when I see other people that are showing that they have more orders than me, I'm, it doesn't bother me because I'm like, "Mm, but does she have balance in her life? Is she, 
is she really happy with her business or he, whoever it is? Um, I think you're so be- smart because so smart. I had that um, <laughs> nine to five job that like sucked the life out of me. I, I'm much happier being where I am um, with this balance of work and free time and a little bit slower growth than trying to grow too fast and ending up back in that um, space of constantly working and constantly stressed out. Um, I think that's what lets me be content with where I am. Um, and yeah, I mean, social media, we all know that it can, it can be. (laughs) (laughs) It really can. I mean, the stuff that I see, I'm literally like, is she for real? Seriously? And I, I follow a lot of like other business coaches or mentors or educators. And some of the stuff that I see, I'm like, you can literally Google Shopify dashboard, like put in a, put in a number, a million dollars, $500,000. You can like Google it and somewhere you'll find an image of like a Shopify store with $500,000. You can screenshot it. And then you could literally post on social media. Oh, I made $500,000 this year and I only worked three hours a day. Let me show you how. Send me a DM. Comment 500 on my post and I'll send you my like three-part series on how to make $500,000 only working two hours a day. So I kind of poke fun at a lot of these mentors who post basically that and it's like totally full of shit. You have no they, – they and they never show you anything else about their business. Like you never actually even know, well, what – what product did you sell? Like what, what was your business that you learned how to teach other e-commerce people? Um, it is live. It's and again, so crazy. It's so crazy. About their, their sales, like you might have a lot of sales, but are you profitable? Like how much yeah. did you have to yeah. invest to get there? And have you made that money back? And did you yeah. take huge risks and have they all paid off? And I think, just not knowing what anybody else's story is, you can't really take them yeah. um, for for truth unless you personally know them. Yeah. And it can be hard to, to not – once you see something, it, it's hard to be like, oh, okay, no, I'm not going to like – it's like you're training your brain to like ignore that thing that you just saw or ignore this thing. I know for me I have to be really mindful of – time that I spent on Instagram and like, I don't follow a lot of other business coaches. I've unfollowed a lot of people. I've muted people, even if I'm friends with them and they're triggering me because they're talking about this or this or this. And I have to like physically unmute, uh, mute people or unfollow them and be very cautious of like, I don't really follow many competitors that aren't friends of mine anymore because it's like, why should I care that you're making this much money or you're doing this thing? It has nothing to do with me. And I don't know the full story there. And it, But it can be hard to tell yourself those things. And I think you instantly think, oh, my God, Susan's making more money than me. That means I have to – I need to sign up for 20 in-person events this summer or, like, I need to do – 20 blog posts right now and it's urgent. Like you, you then tell yourself this narrative of like, I have to work harder because Susan's doing better than me. So it can be this like really vicious game with social media. I think social media, you know, it's important for any product-based business. I think we can all love to hate all these like Instagram and TikTok, whatever, but 
that's a platform that you can get sales. People, when they discover a brand, they're going to go check out your Instagram, you know, and Instagram allows you to communicate with customers. It allows you to communicate with your audience. And like, that is such a powerful thing. So I think we can pull things that we like, but I think, you know, and I'm talking about this because I, because you, you know, you mentioned it, you're mentioning that you've grown this business for nine years and don't feel that crazy pressure that a lot of other people do. And that's, that's a pretty extraordinary thing. So that's why I'm trying to sort of harp on some of these small things, because I know a lot of people listening probably want to do the things that you're doing. So I'm glad that you're sharing like all these really awesome tips because I think we need to be more like that. But I think it's hard because you look at competitors, you look at like benchmarks of your industry. Oh, if you're not growing 50% year in year, your business is a failure. And that's not true because you talk about this sense of like, well, I have more balance. I didn't have that with the, with my corporate job. So I think that's a really important thing. I love it. (laughs) What else? Like, what else do you... Okay. So you've had your business for nine years. You're growing every year. You're making profit. What what do you feel like is the biggest thing that is attributed to your sales when it comes to marketing? Like, what marketing things have you done that have been working for you? So my biggest thing... So Etsy is my biggest um, driver of orders but I don't spend any effort over there. It's, I think a lot of people think, okay, birthday party, I'm going to go to Etsy. So that part of it just happens naturally. When I look at the actual um, marketing efforts that I put in, the thing that has made the biggest difference is um, blogging. And I do blog posts with um, some like simple party ideas that incorporate one of my cake toppers and then put those on Pinterest and Pinterest then drives the traffic to the blog post. Um, people sometimes, obviously they, they like the ideas and they don't buy the cake topper, but a lot of times people do come to the blog post. They like my ideas and then they think, oh yeah, the cake topper would be perfect. And then they hop over to the shop and check out with the cake topper. So that has been the biggest driver of, um, orders as far as my, um, marketing efforts. It takes a lot of time, like besides the writing, because it's party ideas, I do a full setup and photos and a lot of like little DIYs or how to's. So those posts do take a long time and a lot of effort. I have to, you know, do the plan, go buy the supplies and do the photo shoot of um, the ideas and then the editing. And then I start writing the blog post. So it's a lot of effort, but that has definitely been the piece that has driven the most um, orders on my Shopify site. So um, I try and find time to keep doing more of those. No, and I'm giving you like lots of kudos because I definitely am a huge advocate of blogging because of SEO. Blog content shows up on Google. And then when someone is searching for something that you sell, it's like Google is the matchmaker between the consumer's question and then your content. And so blogging gets you in front of new eyeballs, which I know a lot of people um, don't want to blog. You know, there's a lot of, I get a lot of pushback. I don't even attempt to tell people about blogging because I'm like, I'm just going to get, people are just like, no, 
I don't want to do blogging. I don't want to do SEO, but it's so, it's incredibly valuable. And I love that. I wasn't expecting that to be your response. So I, I'm happy that you said blogging. So yeah. I feel like you're full of, full of all these little nuggets of good information today. I love it. <laughs> the, um, the Google SEO part of it hasn't done as much for me because I think party planning is such a visual thing that people go to Pinterest or sometimes I get some from some traffic from Google images, even from the, yes. the blog photos showing up on Google. But um, with the, the party industry being so visual, the pictures and Pinterest are really what have helped me. That's amazing. Um, well, this was so awesome. I'm so glad that you were able just to share all these really amazing things that have attributed to the growth of your business over nine years, slow and steady, profitable, increasing your revenue every year. I mean, this is this is goals. Like this is what people actually want. And I think oftentimes don't have the patience to wait for. Like they don't have the patience to put in nine years of work. They just give up after like a year or something. So I think this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all these things. I feel like you've given me a lot of um, good tips to kind of think about for boundaries with my own life. <laughs> um, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you and where they can, of course, buy your amazing cake toppers. Um, my website is avalonsunshinehq.com. And I am on Instagram at Avalon Sunshine. Um, those are the two places that you can find me. And um, I just want to give a shout out to you, Carrie, for e-commerce society and all of the wonderful mm. things that I've learned in there from you and the trainings and from the other people in there. Like that has really um, gotten me inspired over the last year to try new things. I mean, I've improved my website a ton over the last year since I've been working with you and improved my packaging and all kinds of different stuff that we've worked on together. So thank you for all of that. Aww. Thank you. You're so sweet. I appreciate that. And I am definitely very happy with your website. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm even happier with your packaging upgrades. Your packaging your packaging fits the product now. It's yeah. yeah. For anyone listening, you definitely have to get a cake topper. They are so fun and um, just a special little thing that you need to have. So anyway, but thank you so much, Erica. So awesome to chat with you and have you here. I'm I'm so so happy to have you here. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.